Welcome to a FortiGuard Threat Intelligence podcast. I'm Alex Harvey. And I'm Douglas Santos. Today we've got three interesting vulnerabilities or breaches. One of them is Apache Tomcat, an RCE, Matrix Messenger framework, and the last one is the WPA3 flaws uh, called Dragon Slay, or Dragon Blood, sorry. <laughs> Watching so, too much Game of Thrones. Apparently. <laughs> so Apache Tomcat um, has an RCE in the CGI um, servlet module for it. It's Windows only, um, not enabled by default. You need to enable a specific option for the vulnerability to be there. Um, it's an interesting one purely from the point of view is that we've seen a lot of vulnerabilities in Apache Tomcat. We continue to see a lot of them in Apache Tomcat because it's been around, it's a large code base. Um, but this is one of the few where it's been a very limited exposure as in it's, even though it's an RCE, which is pretty much the worst of the mm -hmm. worst, Remote code executions are pretty much the worst nightmare that you can have from a vulnerability standpoint. The impact is basically negligible because it's affecting Windows-only servers, mm -hmm. not very common. And secondly, you need to have enabled an option, a command processing mm -hmm. option, which is, again, not enabled by default. Um, so yeah, so it's a CVE was discovered very, very recently. It's less than a month old. The patches are already out. Yeah, it's basically... Um affects Tomcat, Tomcat version 9.0.19 and uh, as, as Alex was saying the CVE is 2019.02.032 and it affects the CGI servlet which is, as he's ta talked about it's basically disabled by default so uh, the, yeah, the impact, is impact should, be, should be minimal yeah yeah, so that's, it's used typically to integrate, the CGI servlets are typically used to integrate um, JSP pages or mm -hmm. other third-party um, languages. So like you do use it potentially to integrate PHP or other languages into the framework if needed mm -hmm. through the CGI framework. So it's a standard communication protocol that's used, but again, the exposure is minimum with that one. Mm -hmm. So the Matrix Messenger Framework is an interesting one. So Matrix Messenger Framework is a decentralized, encrypted, private chat framework. They don't provide an application, so they don't provide the tool directly to the end user. Um, they provide kind of the framework, the infrastructure kind of behind the decentralized system. Um, they're open source and community funded project. Um, but they actually had a fairly large vulnerability breach where um, they basically had anything that wasn't encrypted traffic that goes through them was basically stolen. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a vulnerable version of Jenkins that mm -hmm. was basically allowed someone to remote access it and pull out the SSH keys, which mm -hmm. basically gave them complete access to the matrix infrastructure. Um, so they had to shut the whole entire system down, log everyone out for a few hours while they basically went through, purged that, brought everything back up. Um, they also had their PGP keys stolen. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, they weren't. They were able to revoke those, um, and they did not see any um, software releases done. So basically, even though they were breached, no one used or took advantage of them to release malicious software. Sign in malicious yes, software. Yes, sign yeah. malicious <laughs> software. The worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that was handled. So they got lucky on that side. Mm -hmm. um, but all this stems from a vulnerability in their continuous integration yeah. system where they had an SSH key that someone was able to download and basically... Yeah, the, Jen the Jenkins were, uh, were outdated as, as, as yeah. uh, we've seen on, on most uh, media. And they've, uh, they've both basically uh, exploited a sandbox bypass vulnerability on infrastructure Jenkins on April 4th. And even it looks like even after they have revoked the keys and and 
and responded appropriately, it looks like uh, attackers were able to redirect the DNS traffic for matrix.org using the, cloud, the stolen Cloudflare API as well. So the attack as of uh, today, no, not today, this is... It was about a week ago. It was about a week ago, yeah. Yeah, so that would have been um, the second week of April. Yeah, so around the 15th or the 14th. The 15th, yeah, so, 14th yeah. of ten, April. 10 days after the, the initial attack. Yeah, they were still, they had API yeah. keys. Mm -hmm. So to give you an idea, the matrix framework is used by stuff like Riot Chat would be one example um, of the chat systems that leverages. Riot Chat would be kind of the application side and matrix is their server side. So there's a bunch of other chat frameworks out there. Um, they do recommend that all the users uh, change their password. So if you are using a, a smaller chat application, saying not one of the big ones is commonly in use, I'd recommend checking if it is using uh, Matrix on the back end, especially if um, the chat software brings up anything like, you know, uh, decentralized, encrypted, things like that. I would definitely check to see if they use Matrix as their back end, which you can often find, like Riot will say Riot Chat powered by Matrix. So I would pay attention if you do use something like that. If it says powered by Matrix, make sure you change your credentials because one of the things they were able to download was the Matrix server's um, user password list. Even though it is encrypted passwords, um, they can still eventually be broken or reused. So that's one of the reasons why they are recommending that users change their password. So Matrix, it's a framework. It's been around for quite some time, and it's actually a really nifty piece of software. It's unfortunate that their Jenkins version was outdated and they got taken advantage of. And it's not only uh, instant messaging, right? It, it yeah. provides platform from a variety of other services, such as VoIP, WebRTC, and even IoT communication. So it's yeah. not something that may be clearly visible for, only for end users. So if you have anything any service on your infrastructure that's using this kind of platform, make sure to double check it and yeah. because you may be open to... <laughs> you may be open to, to, yeah. a, to an attack. Yeah. The other thing is a lot of companies will run their own matrix servers because then they can manage them. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons it's open source and nice because you can self-host if mm -hmm. you wanted to. So the last one is WPA3 flaws. So WPA3 is scheduled to replace WPA2 mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. Um, it's been slowly around taking. slowly. Yeah, it's been out now for almost a year. Yeah, it released it in 2018. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of uptake on it. And if you look at like most um, com consumer and consumer uh, consumer and commercial grade Wi-Fi access points, you're not really going to see WPA3. It's not really widely deployed or available yet. Mm -hmm. um, but under Dragon Blood, they've actually had is what they're calling the vulnerabilities, uh, mm -hmm. primarily because the new um, verification, or if you want um, access, is called Dragonfly, is the actual yeah. protocol name. So Dragonblood is the vulnerability <laughs> framework that they have that's a whole bunch of different vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. one of which is a downgrade attack, and the other one is a side channel attack, mm -hmm. both of which are successful in gaining the WPA3 password for that mm -hmm. access. Um, this is the first time really that they've been able to do that with WPA3. There's a bunch of other WPA3 vulnerabilities, but none of them are really, um, like they're not password theft. These ones are reproducible, usable in a reasonable attack environment. Mm -hmm. And um, the worst of the worst is that they are kind of like with WPA2 where the passwords are available and people can steal the password and mm -hmm. reuse them to gain access. Um, the only good news is, well, a few good things. They're not as easy to do right now as the WPA2 ones were, um, which is good. It's still a step up in security. Mm -hmm. And the second part is that as WPA3, even though it is technically out there, they seem to be ratifying and doing improvements to the actual 
um, framework. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get fixes for these two mm -hmm. into it. Yeah, most of the vulnerabilities exploit what is called the simultaneous authentication of equals, which is the new handshake protocol proposed by the WPA3, which basically adds uh, forward secrecy and resilience to offline attacks, which was one of the main problems in WPA2, which were vulnerable to the crack attacks. Yeah. And uh, as Derek, as as Alex, Alex was saying, uh, it's basically five vulnerabilities: uh, the denial of service attack, uh, which is not as as yeah, not as the, critical as those the are other not ones. as yeah. critical. There's three. Yeah, there's a bunch of other ones mm -hmm. that are basically not critical, not targeting password theft, but they can still cause major disruptions. Mm -hmm. The denial of service attack is a big one for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's so all of these are under the Dragon Blood mm -hmm. umbrella. Um, they're all re released by the same research group that's mm -hmm. been doing a lot of work on WPA3. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, uh, there's a, also a side channel information leak, which basically allows them to trick devices into using weaker algorithms and doing so leaking small amounts of information that can lead to uh, uh, information that can uh, get uh, access to the, the, the password being used, yeah. even though even uh, WPA3 uh, implements uh, Per device uh, password, uh, that's the, so that the 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 problem is not as big as it would be in WPA2, where you have, you have yeah. one password for each user, but still, uh, it can be exploited to gain uh, access to a so, one device's password and yeah. cross connection. So just to clarify, with WPA2, there was something that where you could basically pick up a weak uh, verification or a weak authentication packet, and then with that weak packet, it was a lot easier to basically break um, the WPA2 password. The thing with it is that you needed to often de-auth the target continuously mm -hmm. to be able to get that weak packet, that first packet, that first packet whereas with WPA3, with this vulnerability, you don't. it's not mm -hmm. the same attack, you mm -hmm. don't do that. So this is obviously gonna be much, much more time consuming than the WPA2 attacks were. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. WPA3, it has its flaws. We'll see, it'll be interesting to see how it develops in mm -hmm. the future. Um, but but it's a good thing that they are doing this due diligence before it's widely implemented, right? Yeah. They're being they've been working with the with the Wi-Fi Alliance and certs around the world to make sure that this is addressed before it's widespread adoption. Yeah, this is the the big one is that mm -hmm. unlike WPA two, by the time all the vulnerabilities mm -hmm. were really disclosed and available, it was already too late. Everyone had been using it everywhere. Um, with WPA three, at least there's a lot of ongoing research and especially stuff like the side channel attack. This mm -hmm. is kind of the first. Time. I don't want to say it's the first first time, but it's the first time that someone is really trying to take a look at that with something like the wireless authentication stuff. So it's a little bit of a different approach. Um, but the way WPA3 is designed, it will limit the exposure from a lot of these attacks. As in, to be able to implement them, you are targeting a single end user. Mm -hmm. You can't just compromise one user and then all of a sudden see everything on the network. So there's a lot more layers to it than there was with WPA2. Mm -hmm. With WPA2, once you got one, you kind of could see kind of everything. This changes that, um, which is there's a lot of good that comes from that. It definitely limits the uh, scope of the attacks that will be used with stuff like mm -hmm. this. So WPA3, a step forward, not there yet. We're not going to see it in the field probably for a little while anyways. Yeah. And with that, thanks guys and have a good one. Thanks guys.